I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. From the top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid. Real at every angle, I ain't worried about the audit. Never see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit. Boss moves if I want it, best believe I cops it. Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia. Trying to get the form whip, probably name it Claudia. Wife rocking Tiffany, that's just another day to me. I be living lavish, that's why these haters be hating me. Stronger than I ever been, never break, never been. God first, family second, money is like next again. So if you come in for me, pull the trigger, guard and shoot. Kevlar mindset, lifestyle bulletproof. Bulletproof, built tougher than your average. Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package. Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof, built tougher than your average Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof What's up everybody, you're on the Bulletproof Mafia And I'm Michael Munsterman Today's episode, brew me up some success So, interesting story My wife knew Whenever I was bored out of my gourd and I was, you know, in, in our hometown and we had sold all of our companies and you know, I was working out often and, and just kind of in this zone of I'm hanging out. Like, I don't want to call it retirement as much as like a sabbatical from work. I had just, I was burnt out. I was spent emotionally, physically, like everything just felt like it had fallen apart on me. And I was like, this weird thing happened. My wife just was hunting and searching for ways to to fill in the gaps in my world and so one day she's like hey the girls and I are going to the city we're going to go shopping now for us going to the city was four hours in the car that day two hours to the city whatever they wanted to do that day and then two hours home typically put us back 11 or 12 o'clock at night I absolutely despised going to the city loved going because of the amenities but hated going because of the trip what a waste, especially in areas we, I mean, we were in nowhere, Missouri, and, and, and love everybody in Brookfield. That's not the point. But um, on the way from Brookfield to the city, there were several spots where Internet's spotty at best, phone service is spotty, can't carry on a great conversation, or at least couldn't because you'd lose connection multiple times in the way. The radio, like whatever, satellite radio was your only choice if you want to listen to something pretty consistently back then. Here's the thing, though. She insisted this time. She she was like, no, like, I want you to come to the city with us. Normally, she didn't push me. She's just like, well, we're going, we're going to go spend your money. So you really ought to go to be the filter for this time. She insisted. No, I want you to go. I want you to go. So begrudgingly, I got in the car and I drove them to the city because me going to the city means I'm driving, right? So I'm shuttling them to the city where I'm going to sit out in the parking lot of the mall or maybe I'm going to walk in and maybe I'll spend some money that I wouldn't have otherwise spent getting some things that I didn't otherwise need wasting a day that I would have much rather wasted doing something that I wanted to do. And so we get to the mall and she says, just pull right up to the door. She never does that. I pull up to the door. She reaches down and she, she goes onto the GPS and she hits the necessary buttons. She had programmed an address into this and she said, go there to this address. They're expecting you. I said, I don't like games. Where are you sending me? And she goes, just go shut the door and walked off. <laughs> really out of character for my wife. I'm like, what in the hell does she have me doing? So I put the car in drive. Now I'm really irritated. I was brought all the way to the city. I really didn't want to go. You guys would have had just as fun with much fun without me. And I'm sure I dampened the mood on the way 
being a total tool because I was begrudgingly being the chauffeur on the city trip. And then I start to drive and I turn. And I'm in this weird, cool little looking neighborhood of shops and different things. And I pull up in front of this business and it's called Brew Lab, B-R-E-W Lab. And it's got Brew Lab with a beaker on the front of the, you know, like one of the science beakers that we would pour the green stuff into the red stuff in high school and watch it fizz all over the place and make a big mess. And anyway, um, I digress. But I pull up to the brew lab and I go in and they say, oh, you're Mr. Munsterman. And I said, yes, I am. This is cool. You guys make beer here. Am I, am I here to drink beer? And they said, no, you're here to brew beer. We're going to teach you how to brew. And she had scheduled this really cool day up for me where I got to go learn the art of brewing beer. And they had, they had created systems and processes and everything. And it was like this cookie cutter experience where I got to, what kind of beer do you want? I told them, they're like, oh yeah, well, I would suggest this, this grain. I would suggest this hops. And this is the yeast we're going to pitch in to give it that foaminess down the road. Then you'll come back up here uh, in a few weeks and we'll bottle your beer. And so I'm going through this process. It's really like the smell was this delicious, like sweet oatmeal smell. It was like just really, really cool. The hops, you know, imagine a place that has that kind of like steamy cooked oat smell and mixed in with the fragrances from all the hops. And it's just like, Oh, this place was awesome. Kind of a, like an industrial vibe to it. And, and it was just really, 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 really cool. And on that day, I fell in love with the art of brewing beer. I'm not a huge drinker. I have a few beers here and there, whatever. Um, love, loves like a really good red wine. But, um, but I had never been to a point where I was just like head up for craft beer. And this experience did that for me. And so uh, being a little eccentric and having all this free time, I tell my wife, I think I'm going to set up our downstairs garage. So in, in, in this home, we had an upstairs garage with, with a couple doors. And then down below that, we had a sub-basement garage that went underneath the house, kind of a, quote, man cave that I just completely stripped out and built out an entire brewery. Like I had warming multiple burners and pumps and tubes and it looked like a, a science lab it was really really cool and the first batch of beer that i brewed i followed the instructions perfectly i was on the google i was educating myself on brewing and i i just like i totally geeked out on the concept of how to brew and the first batch turned out pretty decent i was super hyper focused every step of the process i did exactly what the instructions said and at the end of it, it was drinkable. It was cool. Um, the second beer I, I botched completely. The third beer I botched completely. The fourth beer I botched completely. Because here's what happened. Every single beer had its own ingredients. Every single beer had its own, um, had its own, you know, hop, hop, like hoppy ingredients. And, and when to put those in. Was it in the first boil, the second boil? Was it, you know, did you, did you put it in early? Did you put it in late? How many minutes did you leave it in? Did you just free toss it? You put it in a bag and drop it in. Like all of these little different elements. In one case, I, I think I got some bacteria in it, so it ruined the entire batch. It was very, very skunky, very, very terrible. But then I started to get better. Every single time, like a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, until 
I could brew a batch of beer that was pretty drinkable. And if I would share it with somebody, they were like, dude, this is, I'm surprised this is actually really good. It's, it's this really complicated backhanded compliment. This is actually really good. They didn't expect it to be good, right? It came out of my basement. But here's what I found. And this is where this podcast gets to some meat. I found that the more focused I was on every single step, the better I became. I also stopped relying on the initial success of the very first brew, the one that I was hyper-focused on that did pretty good. And I started to like document all of the steps. I wanted to know, like I, I got super, super clear on how to brew a beer. And through practice and through failure and through taking lashes and making really bad beer and then forcing myself to drink most all of it because that was the rule, right? If you brew it, you drink it. So it behooves you to make good beer. One, because if you make terrible beer, none of your friends are going to help you drink it unless they're like just already drunk. So I did that a couple times, right? I slid some guys some beers that I knew that they normally wouldn't drink. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, I keep rabbit holing, so I'll quit doing that. But what I found was is that I had to become a, quote, expert in brewing beer to be able to consistently brew. And even then, consistently brew a good beer was 50-50. It was 50-50 whether I was going to do it well or not. Now, in social circles, if somebody started talking about brewing, I could carry on a brilliant conversation about brewing. I could talk to them about any step in the process. I could talk to them about their mash tonning. I could talk to them about, about um, their, their kegging it. I could talk to them about uh, pressurized bottling. I could talk to them about um, forced carbonation versus sugar carbonation. Like I, I, I could just carry on the conversation. I sounded like an expert to a point that I could almost have convinced somebody that I was a brewer and that I could step in and do that job. Now, why this big, long story? Because when I'm talking about brewing success in the game of business, success comes from scale. And scale comes from one single place in one way or another, in some conversational mannerism, it, fall, it like boils down to, pun intended, if, if you're a brewer, you get what I mean by that. Marketing. Marketing is the thing. Marketing is to this conversation what brewing is to the story I just told you. Marketing isn't something that you can walk into a room and, 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 and we live in a time where a lot of people are screaming, I'm a marketer. I'm the guy that can help take your brand or your business from where it is to where you want it to be. Without understanding what it is that they're promising. They don't understand how to truly make it rain in the game of business. This requires someone who is an expert, someone who is focused, someone who is zeroed in, someone who recognizes that marketing isn't a hobby. Marketing is a craft. And I've been taken by some of these companies, some of these people who have said in, in my entrepreneurial journey, I've had people come up and say, hey, for $10,000 a month, we're everything you need to market your brand. And most of the time, I was drastically disappointed. Not because they didn't have good intentions, not because they didn't have the appropriate lingo, but because they didn't understand the, fun the fundamentals of the key ingredients that it took to make a successful batch. 
a successful campaign, a successful brew. They put all the ingredients in, but they weren't proportionate to what they needed to be for the desired outcome. They hadn't taken enough lashes. They didn't do enough investigation. They, there, there wasn't enough, like for them, their business centered around getting me to sign a contract with them to give them massive results. Like this big, like they, their massive results was me saying yes and then locking me into a contract. You see, the problem is with that. If you can't actually prove what you've done, if you can't, if you, if you don't understand what happens inside of the, the mind of a person, then you can't be a marketer. If you can't tell me what the trigger point is that makes someone make a decision to do business with you, then I can't go into the marketplace and elevate your brand on your behalf. But most marketers will walk into a room and if you're willing to sign the paper, and write the check, they're willing to take you on as a client. To me, that's foolish. If you truly want somebody to help you do this thing, you don't like, and, and, and a little bit of this story needs to fall back. I need to go a different route because I need you to think about something when you're thinking about your business. Your job in your business is to create value and exchange it to the marketplace. I'm creating value. I'm going to exchange my value to you and you're going to give me money for it. That should be your only focus. When you wake up every single day, your only focus should be, how do I create more value and exchange it to the marketplace? The problem is, is that you're more than likely trying to be a hack. You think that your product or service is secondary to your ability to put it into the marketplace. So you watch some Google videos, you go through some Facebook training, you jump on, on Google and, and all of a sudden you deem yourself appropriate to go into the marketplace and quote, market yourself, your product, your brand. But I can tell you that if I were going to today open a brewery, even though I know how to brew and I have way more experience than most people in the conversation of brewing, I would never attempt to be the brew master myself. That would be foolish. I would find someone that has a plethora of experience and results and has proof of their ability to craft and formulate this perfect beer. And that would be the person that I would build the business around. I would make myself good at serving food around that. I would make myself good at creating an experience and an environment. I would watch the margins. I would manage the help. I have been the marketing head of nearly every company that I have. I would be that person inside of that environment, but I'm not the norm. And there's some foolish brewer who's pretty good at brewing, who's opened some sort of a brewery somewhere, and it's just a matter of time because he believed that the best thing for him to do was to be the brewer. He also probably thought it was a great idea for him to also be the marketer and human resources. Oh, he was the designer too. And he filled all of this multitude of gaps with his or her own screwed up ment mentality of, I can do it all because there's Google, there's YouTube. If somebody else can do it, I can do it. But here's what I want you to get. Here's the thing that I want you to take away from this. A couple lessons. 
You need to look inside of your business and see what it is that is your true job. I asked somebody earlier today this question. Very simple. What's the biggest problem you have? This person responded, my biggest problem is exposure. Like I, I need more people to know that I exist. Cool. So what do you do every day when you get up? Like crickets a little bit. I didn't really give him much of an opportunity to expand on because I didn't want to hear his answer because his answer wasn't going to be the thing that I wanted him to say. And so I didn't want to put him on the spot. I didn't have time to go into the lesson, but here's the lesson. If your biggest pain point is I need people to know that I exist and you are truly not a marketer, if that's not your calling, if that's not your DNA, then what should you do? You should hire a marketer to point out to the world that, Hey, I exist because he said to me, I believe if somebody knows that I exist, I'll convert them. They'll do the thing that I need them to do. They'll take the action that I want them to take. They'll follow me. They'll buy my products. They'll do this. They'll do that. True, 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 true. So what are you going to do today? What's your number one step? Well, I'm going to probably work on some marketing stuff, some stuff that I'll really, okay, but, but are you a marketer? No, I'm not a marketer. Okay. So then why would you do that? Why would you attempt to be something that you're not? Why would you try to be the brewer? You're the business owner. Your job is to create value and deliver it to the market marketplace. Let somebody else make it rain on you so you can focus on the thing that you're good at. And this might or might not be relevant to the conversation you're having internally inside and around your particular business. So my question to you then becomes this. What are you trying? What hats are you trying to wear inside of your business that you shouldn't be wearing? What should you be delegating out to somebody else who focuses on that craft exclusively? Who that, when they wake up, their only thought process is, today, my job is to make it rain for these business owners that entrust me with that job. Someone with a plethora of experience, and an arsenal of conversation around buying decisions. Who understands the psychology of colors and the psychology of sales and the psychology of copy and the psychology of video. And they understand how to intertwine all of those different pieces and create an experience for a, for a customer base that's a, that their attention span is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. They understand how to build multiple touch entities around your brand and your business. So all you have to do is focus on doing what you should be doing. And that's creating the most value that you can so that when the marketer drives people to you, you convert them. Think about that. Let somebody else worry about getting warm bodies to come to you. You do what you do. You execute in your superpower. And you could replace this with absolutely anything. You're in a sales organization. You need to be managing it. You need to be controlling processes. You need to be building scripts. You need to be like educating your new salespeople. You need to be doing X, Y, Z, whatever it is. But what, how much sense does it make for you as the head to go down and do the work, to go do the sales? It doesn't. You own a training company. You've been in business for X number of years. You have so many clients. You make enough money that you could hire a trainer so that you could scale the company. Why are you still training? Like there are a, a million different examples. When I get into the car business, I talk about that often because I like this studio is inside of that particular business. When I, when I got in the car business, here's what I did. I started selling until there was enough volume to replace myself. And then I did. And then I took on the second sales position. They took on the first. In the second sales position, I started to handle financing, do a little less selling and do financing. 
And as soon as, as, as soon as the business was ready for it, I replaced myself in that position. Now I have a finance manager. Now I have a salesperson. One guy focuses on getting people approved. One guy focuses on making people feel good and delivering value through our product. Now I'm in a position where I manage and run the company. Soon I'll replace me. Whether that be with somebody that works for me or whether that be with, by selling the business and moving to a different industry. Not really sure, but that's the way you should be thinking. How do I effectively replace myself? And until I can, especially in a conversation like marketing or a conversation like, oh man, marketing's a big one, uh, video production, editing, social media content, creation, distribution, management. Like unless you truly understand those, the psychological triggers inside of that game, you shouldn't be doing it. You should find someone who does it for you. Look, I'm not a technician. That's not what our organization is about. Our organization is about selling cars. So I pay technicians to do what technicians do. Could I watch a YouTube video and figure out how to change a starter? Absolutely. Too easy. In the military, you go through basic training. Too easy, drill sergeant. Too easy. But really, like that's the thing. I just need you to look at your world and say, what am I doing that I don't need to be doing? It's not critical operation of the business or could be critical operation of the business if I quit hacking away at it. If I would pay somebody to wear that hat, to stand in that spot and say, I am the person that is responsible for your success in the form of people walking through the door, people sending you leads, people making your phone ring, people hitting your website, people converting, building a list, getting applicants, whatever the case is, whatever the concept is, whatever your theory is, that you need to make your business better. Let somebody else do it. And you focus on growing and running your company, your business, your legacy. Focus on what matters. Don't try to be the craft brewer that runs a business. Like it doesn't work. Savvy. I'm the total package bulletproof. I know you see me in your scope. I'm the captain of the ship. You just a sailor with a